Hello, and we're back here for the Bell News Podcast at the Hobart Pyrenees. I'm Spencer Paulison. Got a little bit of a different podcast for you today. I am interviewing race director Benjamin Chandler. And uh, today was the Super Banier time trial. Very beautiful time trial. Amazing views up high there. Long 17 or 18 kilometer climb, but it was pretty steady and it was pretty nice. Uh, we won't get too far into that. We're just going to mostly dedicate this podcast to interviewing Benjamin about all of the different planning and effort that goes into creating a seven-day amateur stage race, essentially, is what we have here. So, Benjamin, welcome to the podcast. Uh, thank you. And so you have been the race director since the very beginning for the Hot Route. That's right, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Since uh, 2011, when we decided to create, it, to create uh, a, a new kind of uh, cyclosportive uh, uh, event uh, in France from... Uh, from Nice to uh, Geneva, and uh, yeah, so uh, more than 100 uh, uh, different stages since 2011. Right, so today I think was the 102nd stage ever yeah. of any Haute Route all, yes. all together, right? Yeah, that's right. How did you end up getting this job? So it's a, it's a long job, it's a team job. Uh, so we, we, we've got uh, uh, more than 100 people working for us on the, on the Haute Route, mm -hmm. and uh, everything is planned like one year in advance mm -hmm. so we already have the route for next year really yes not at 100 percent but at 95 percent because this is something that we uh, we have to deal uh, a long time uh, uh, yeah one year in advance is uh, is the best and what is your background in planning things like this have you planned other races before this or was this sort of your first to this type of work so we, we so I, I, I was uh, at uh, Amoris Sport Organization, so the orga organizer of the Tour de France previously, and then uh, at this time I met a guy called Jean-François Alcan, who, who was uh, who, the guy who created the Étape du Tour, and then since uh, 2011 we, we, we yeah he is with us uh, working on the on the route uh, in order to yeah to 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 help us you know in terms of planning, in terms of route, etc. etc. So he is like the the um, the druid the the visionary the, the, yeah the visionary of the of the old. I like I like druid also yeah, that's yeah. a good way yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's fun is so 2011 was the first one yeah and tell me about that first year when when they came to you with this job when you planned it what where what did you think did you think this was possible to become such a big event were you worried about it was it uh, intimidating so the plan since the beginning was to uh, to make something totally different, uh, from a one-day sportive to a seven-day sportive, with all you know, all the all the comfort, all the services for riders, in order to create an adventure for amateur uh, amateur people. So that was since the beginning yeah, to have services, etc., and of course to have mountain. The idea is to go up, to go down, to go up, to go down during a full week. Uh, so yeah, we, the first two host cities that we found were uh, Geneva and Nice. So it was yeah the, the first two partners uh, because yeah it's a, a long process uh, to finalize the route, starting from the deal with the, with the host, host, host cities, and then after negotiation with the intermediary host cities in order to get to the good, the good climb. And after all the authorization permission to go through the each little road, so yeah, it's a it's a hard and but fun job to do. It sounds fun. It, was it hard to convince those towns to host you since you're since this event is an amateur sportive versus a professional race or something like that? 
what they like in our concept uh, is it's an exclusive uh, event. Uh, it's not a mass event. It's uh, yeah, it's a family family event with uh, some hundreds of uh, of uh, people. Uh, we I think we are like uh, one thousand uh, between the riders, the organizers, and then the all the families. So it's 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 uh, it's fine. And regarding the dates. The dates are very important to attract uh, uh, us cities and us, and us venue, resorts, etc. Et That's why, especially in Europe, our events are organized at the end of the summer in, in, in order to, uh, to help all the us venue to attract new, new people. And in terms of, uh, of uh, comfort and sportive aspect, what is interesting uh, to be at the end of the summer is to have less traffic, uh, less car on the, on the different roads. And also, I, I feel like most of the events, perhaps except the Dolomites, but the, the Pyrenees and the Alps, they fall during the, the summer vacation, the, the August vacation that most Europeans take. And I, I assume that helps boost participation because people have that time off. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, with, with the Pyrenees and the, and the, and the Alps organized in August, it's uh, perfect. Uh, why we organize the Dolomites in, uh, in September is because uh, in the Dolomites in August, you can't do anything. It's full of cars. So, oh. so the experience for the rider won't be so good if we decided to, uh, to organize the, the event in, uh, in, uh, in August. So that's why the event is in September. Too busy. Too busy. I understand. Going back to that first Haut route, tell me about, uh, tell me about the route. Tell me about the riders. Was, was the route significantly more difficult than it is now? Which climbs did you use? And the riders, were they ready for it? Were they, were they prepared for how hard it was going to be? Yeah, yeah, they, they, they were ready. So we, we had, uh, uh, yeah, like one year in advance in terms of communication uh, about explaining our concept, uh, what's are included and not, and, and, and all the logistics. And, uh, and after, uh, what, what we try to propose to the rider is uh, uh, all-inclusive package, meaning that they, they come, they ride, and we take care about everything. So... So the concept was well accepted by uh, all the all the riders, and uh, and after yeah, they they, they took uh, months to prepare themselves, and uh, and, uh, and after they did well. But how, I how many riders were there in that first year? Three hundred. Three hundred. That's pretty good. Yeah, three hundred, and uh, and I think in two thousand eleven, they were, yeah, the same demographic as uh, as today. Since the first year, we had a lot of foreign people coming from everywhere, UK, Australia, US, uh, New Zealand, uh, since, since, uh, since uh, year one. And, uh, and yes, since, since year one, we try to uh, develop, 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 develop all the services. Because at the beginning, I think we were like 50 to organize the event during the, during the event. And today in the organization team, we are 150. And what were the big climbs you included in that very first year? So in the very first year, it was uh, the uh, mythical one was uh, Sim de la Bonnette, uh, the, the highest uh, paved road uh, in Europe, uh, linked, of course, to the name of the event, Haute Route. And it was uh, uh, an obligation to have, to have, um, to have uh, the Sim de la Bonnette included in our, in our, in our race. And, uh, and, and from, from, uh, from year one, yeah, we try to, uh, to balance 
between a, a famous call and mythical call. That's why Alpedues come very, very often because when you organize the route, you need to propose, not every year, but every two, every three years, you need to propose the, 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 the Alpe d'Huez uh, climb. Then we went also in the Ventoux one, one year, uh, not at the first time, but very important also. So, and uh, and the, the same here in, uh, in the Pyrenees. Uh, we did the Tourmalet, but on the same day we did Spandel, uh, which is not a totally unknown uh, call, but uh, it's a call where... Uh, very different. Very different yeah. and, uh, and uh, yeah, totally in the, in the nature and, uh, and very small one. And, and it's a good balance between, uh, between two. And, uh, and yeah, la last year we did uh, Cap de Long on the, on the Pyrenees. Ve very fun, no professional races went there. So it's very important for us, even if with all the races ev everywhere, it's difficult to find new uh, call, but uh, we always try to have a look and to, uh, and to, yeah, to propose something a bit different. How often do you, would you say you find a new call to include on the route, something that's never been climbed before in these events? We, we try one, once a year. Once a year. We, we try once a year, yeah. And how do you find those? Do you talk to the locals or do you yeah, look sure. at maps or what do you do? Yeah, yeah. Lo local, local people are key for us. We have a, a very strong relationship with, with them. Uh, uh, as we, we, we have a, a, a partnership with uh, all the, the us, uh, cities and then we are in contact with uh, local uh, cyclist club, local community, uh, cycling shops, it, uh, and, uh, and also all the, the, the association, because as we need to recruit some uh, marshal along the route, we are in contact with a lot of people. And, and for example, Cap de Long, it is, uh, it is uh, uh, a guy from a cyclist club uh, in Saint-Laris-Soulan, who, uh, who uh, informed us that uh, this climb was uh, fantastic. That sounds, that sounds cool. I'll have to find that climb on my own next time because I didn't <laughs> do it this time. As always, this episode of the Velo News Podcast special series here at the Hooter Pyrenees is brought to you by Topical Edge. Topical Edge is a bicarbonate lotion that you use for a ride. You can also use it for recovery. Matt and I have been using it religiously here at the Hooter Pyrenees. I can say that I definitely think it helps. You don't have to believe me on that. If you want to get a free sample, you can just go to topicaledge.com slash News and for a free sample. How do you find the balance between climbs that are really, really difficult and also to the point, how do you find the balance between making it a hard route but not too hard? Since the beginning, the objective is to have uh, between uh, eight to 900 kilometers and to have around 20,000 uh, meters of uh, ascent. For the whole week? For the whole week. Right, of course. So we try to stick to this. Some year it's a bit less, some year it's a bit high, but uh, uh, 20,000 20, is, uh, is a good balance and it allows it allow us to have a classic stage around uh, 100 and 120, 130 uh, uh, kilometers mm -hmm. and to have one mar marathon, stages, uh, marathon stage and one time trial. So we always try to find a good balance. So, so we know that this week, uh, for example, it's the first time that we have the time trial on day five. Right. It's usually uh, day four, right in the middle, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, we, we knew already that for the riders, it should be a, a bit uh, difficult. That's why all the routes were designed to have them in good condition after day four, day four and to have rest 
Uh, rest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> climbing. Cli yeah, climbing super banyer doesn't really no. qualify as rest unless you're going really <laughs> slow. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we we try to 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 balance that to have yeah not something too hard because the the idea of the hot route is to propose an event accessible for anyone. And and we 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 saw a lot of people uh, who are not totally uh, fit but just. Uh, passionate about uh, about uh, cycling, wanted to discover, and you know the to do a, an out route, you have to uh, stick to in a, in average during the week on 15 kilometers by hour on on the week for an average speed for for an average speed. So it's it's something very accessible and 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 very, some sometimes people told us that. Yeah, I'm not sure I'm ready to do this. I'm not sure I'm, I'm able to do this. Mm -hmm. And we saw a lot of people doing it. So yeah, just have to prepare a bit, right. to, ri to ride a bit, and you can do it. We have all the services uh, in order to, yeah, to have a good recovery for everyone. So, Do you remember a particular stage over the years during the Holt route that was just too hard and that really went too far in terms of the amount of climbing or the distance? Was there one that was like, whoops, we, we made that a little too big? So I think we, we didn't uh, have any too, uh, too big, too long, too high uh, stage, but the weather could change mm, a lot. And that's some, right. And, and sometimes the weather has changed totally uh, uh, everything. And I remember a stage uh, arriving in uh, L'Alpe d'Huez in 2015, uh, with uh, nearly 4,000 uh, of, uh, of ascents. 4,000 meters of climbing. Yeah, of climbing. Oof. Nearly, but with the rain oh. all, all day. Oh. And for the guy, it was super, super hard. Super, yeah. super hard. And exceptionally, for, for, for this day, we decided to change a bit the time limit because the, the guy was super strong. Mm. The front, the, the guy who won. You no, mean? no, no, at, at the back. Oh, oh, at, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. At, at, at the back, mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and we decided to change the, the, the time limit, the cutoff time of the, of the day, because, yeah, they were so strong, wanted to, to finish the race. Uh, uh, yeah, very, very hard one with the, uh, yeah, the weather could change everything. Yeah, that's true. Hopefully it stays nice for the rest. Of the la Two more days left. Fingers crossed it'll no, be no. okay the here the in the Pyrenees. Will, yeah, yeah. Weather will be okay. Fingers crossed. Tell me about some of the biggest challenges that you face when you direct a race like this. So safety. Right. Sa safety is our number one uh, priori priority. And we, we, we just spoke about uh, weather. This is, this is exactly what we did uh, with the descent of uh, Aspen. Yeah, that we didn't time that, which is smart. I think that was a really good. Call. Yeah, yeah, and we, we we are in contact with uh, so we have a supplier for the weather forecasting. We are in contact with uh, with the guy uh, three four times uh, a day, especially when it's uh, yeah. So yeah, se safety. Who, who is the weather guy? Who is this uh, meteorologist specifically that works with you? Always? Yeah, yeah, it's it's Meteo France, so the, okay. the na national uh, guy, and and we have a specialist. Uh, wow. uh, one specialist for the for the Pyrenees and the other one for the for the for the Alps. Wow! To allow us because yeah, it's it's a, it's a big challenge to to yeah to to protect every single uh, riders and to and to be able to change quickly uh, because uh, I, I remember one 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 day it was in the Pyrenees also uh, three years ago uh, the 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 guy 
went through a call, fine, weather, perfect, perfect condition. And then two hours later, with the mid-race, started to become too foggy, foggy in the descent. And even if the descent was time for the first one, we decided to stop the timing in the descent. So then you have to find a guy to come to put a timing map oh, because yeah. it will be a nightmare for everyone in terms of classification, blah, blah, blah. So yeah, you have to, you have to re react quickly and you need to have a super strong race team with you know, all the motorbike, uh, uh, all the medics, all the race team, etc. And the big challenge for us is the communication between all those people mm -hmm. in order to be sure that yeah, we can interact and decide quickly and change things if we, are, if we have to. And, uh, and uh, again, we have a fantastic supplier in terms of uh, transmission regarding, regarding communication. But sometimes you are in a, a gray or black uh, uh, area. Yeah, no, no, no contact on the radio. No contact yeah. on the radio, no signal on the, on the mobile phone. So yeah, this is a challenge because, yeah, it is a bit frustrated because, yeah, you have all your riders on the, on the way, so you just want to, yeah, to protect them and to be in touch with uh, everyone. Of course. And so how many, again, with the, just the staff for, for the event, how many people are, are so, on staff? So uh, on site, we are 150 people, okay. including all the motorcyclist guy, all the massage uh, guy, all the medics, the logistics, the race team, but every, everybody, everybody, yeah. 150. How are those moto guys trained? Because I found that when I was riding in the group, I was really impressed by how, how steady they were and they didn't really do anything that kind of seemed sketchy or anything. They're very, they're very good at, yeah. at what they do. And of course, over the last few years, there's all this talk about motos and the caravan and the professional races. Yeah. And obviously this is not like a professional race, but to me, it's like, I see these motos riding with us and I was, I've, I've been pretty impressed. Are they trained specifically for this? So they, they have a, a, a license through the, the French uh, National uh, Cycling Federation. Okay, yeah. So they, they, are, they are trained, they know the rules, but after, you know, even if you train, you have to practice and mm -hmm. you have to, uh, to manage this kind of race. And I think uh, half of them are here with us since the beginning. And, uh, and they know exactly how to manage this kind of, uh, of uh, cyclosportive. And uh, yes, they are, they are fantastic. They are doing an, an amazing job. And yes, nice. most of them did uh, more than half of the uh, 102 uh, sta right. stages. So you're, yeah. you're saying half of them have yeah. been ri yeah. riding the whole route since yeah. 2000, yeah. 2011. Yeah. That's pretty cool. They, yeah. they must like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of moto riding. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. And, and everyone on staff, I assume, is paid um, full time. Yes. Yeah, yeah. They, do they work all year long for Hood route or are some of them seasonal? No, no, no. So, most of them are seasonal. Okay. So, so all year we are uh, 25 people to organize the route. Okay. And then after, yeah, it's tempor temporary staff who, who, who help. But temporary staff, of course, some, we, are, we have some new people every year. But uh, I, I will say 80% of the staff, even if they are temporary, they know all the route because they, they are here. Yeah, not all of them since the beginning, but uh, mm -hmm. yeah. Nice, very nice. And so on, on the topic of, of the challenges that you're facing as a director, what sort of challenges do you face when you are devising the route for the next whatever, Haute Route Pyrenees, for instance? It's not, we have not problem. We just need to, to plan in advance. Right. And it's fine because, you know, since 11 now, the awareness of the Haute Route and the benefit we can uh, give to uh, the other venue, but yes, it, it's just 
term of nego ne negotiation with a different host venue. Right. And, and to be sure that with the plan we have uh, in order to go on this call or this call, the host venue concern will, will be uh, okay and available. Because sometimes there are other projects uh, and, and in some, uh, some valley. So in the Pyrenees, it's, uh, it's okay, you know, because you, ha you have uh, the distance between uh, Po and Toulouse is uh, shorter than, uh, for, for example, in the, in the Alps. Uh, if there is a, a big event organized in this area, okay, you, c you can't go there. But uh, no, fi fi finding the route is, is not so complicated. But after, it's all the problem that between the, the day you announce your route and the event could happen. Sometimes we, we had to change uh, half of some stages due to a problem on the road, etc., etc. Construction so, or something. Yeah. So yeah. when when it's uh, uh, three months, two months in advance, fine. But sometime uh, we we discover two day or one day in, in advance, and we, we were obliged to change the route from a day to another. So Ooh, yeah. that's that's probably and, not very and, fun. And, <laughs> yeah, and and after you have to find new marshal because all the marshal you have planned was on, on this road, but then you have to, to, uh, to, um, to make a new loop, for example, so you have to find new marshal, et cetera, et cetera. I'm glad you brought up the marshals because I was curious about that. They, they all are, have been great so far, and they're all obviously very enthusiastic and friendly. They're just, so they're just locals that want to volunteer. Is it as simple as that? Yeah, yeah it's simple as that, and, and we have in our uh, organization team uh, one person who is uh, fully dedicated to recruit uh, Marshall. So he is in touch with all the local associations everywhere. So local cycling associations usually? Local, yeah, local cycling association, but also it could be uh, yeah. anything. A, a, any, anything. And, uh, you know, people are really proud, especially in the, in the, in the mountain, are proud to welcome an, uh, an event. So it's today's the Road, but could be another event. But they are very proud uh, and, and, and due to this, it's not an easy job to recruit, but you, you, since, since Anglet, we had Marshall at each intersection everywhere wearing uh, their, their uh, green uh, T-shirt. And yeah, so, but it's, uh, and the guy who is doing this, so he has to spend, yeah, uh, half of the year, uh, half of the, of the year uh, on the road visiting uh, all those. Uh, he meets so them in person to set it up. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. How do you know? Can you say how many marshals required for an entire event like this? For a week, it's uh, like uh, eight, eight hundred. Wow. Yeah. Eight hundred people. That's yeah, amazing. Yeah. yeah. That's really cool. Okay. Well, last last question that I had on my mind, Benjamin, was your. I assume you're a cyclist. You ride bikes as well. Yeah. Okay. Tell me. Tell me what your favorite coal is. Of course, uh, well, I, I, lo I love the I love the Pyrenees, uh, but Ventoux is uh, it's yeah. special. Yes, yeah, Ventoux is, is super special. I rode that a couple of years ago. It's it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's because, amazing. Be because you you can Ventoux, depending on the weather, and we know that at the at the top of the Ventoux, you could be a sun sunshine, could be a terrible. So yeah, Ventoux, <laughs> Ventoux is the one. But I I, I love the I, I love the Pyrenees. Yeah, yeah I, I've been really enjoying them so far as well. Well, thanks again for spending some time with me. We'll be back tomorrow with another episode of this podcast. It will be stage six. Benjamin, why don't you tell me what we got on tap tomorrow for stage six? Stage, yes, it, it will be okay for you. After, <laughs> after, after, uh, after, after this stage, uh, yeah, it, 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 will be, uh, it will be cool. So it's a, it's a loop. 
So you will be back, and then you will have the same hotel. And what's so the distance? What's the distance? Oh. It's like 130. Oh, good, you've got the thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because you know, one, one, one hundred. So I want. Uh, yeah, you've got too much on your mind. Okay. So one hundred, one hundred and thirty tomorrow with uh, 3,500 uh, 3, uh, of uh, meters. Yeah, meter. That's climb. a lot. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And we've got what climbs do we have? So we have Port de Balès, Col des Arts, Col de Monte, and Hospice de France. Hospice de France will be, uh, will, will be cool. Yeah, so I was talking to Surreal, who's the leader right now in overall this race, and he said he thought that was his favorite yeah, of yeah. the climbs of this yeah, week. Yeah. So yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, and yeah. we rode by, right by it as we went up the yeah. uh, Super Bagnier. So looking forward to that. So thank you again, Benjamin, and thanks for tuning in to this podcast. We will get back to you tomorrow. <laughs>